You are now entering the MXU podcast. No credentials required. Well, hey, everybody. We finally made it. Episode 50 of the MXU podcast. The final episode. It's our <laughs> last one. The final frontier. Well, I'm Jeff Sandstrom, and I'm here, as always, with my good buddy, Lee Fields. And we're going to be joined today by a bunch of friends, because we're just going to just sit here and see what happens. But here for the long haul are two of your favorites. Absolutely. We have Grace Royce and Woo. Jay Desai. Hey, everybody. And hello. If anybody was in Anaheim for our last live event. Rest in peace. Rest in, May they rest in peace. Um, Jay was our host and did such a great job. He's been a great friend of mine for, feels like forever. And so we just figured, what a better person to help us kind of co-host our 50th episode than Jay. And then Grace is a perennial favorite. Every time Grace is on, I feel like it's one of the most engaged with it episodes is. we have. Grace is not a guest. She's a co-host. So. That's right. I'm very nosy. I ask a lot of questions. <laughs> I feel like I know, Grace, I'm the same Grace, way. Grace it's, and I could be a good duo like Beauty and the Beast. Ooh. I like that. Which is which? Mm. <laughs> I'm feeling pretty beastly lately. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jay, what have you been up to? Um, man, a lot of church, <laughs> a whole lot of church. Um, everything obviously pivoted kind of crazy. So I've been there a whole bunch helping out Stephen Bailey on the audio front. And uh, and you're, you're talking Passion City Passion Church. Passion City Church, yes. Know. Yeah, the church in Atlanta. And so, yeah, that's been it. I haven't really been traveling much, except I did a camping show for 10 days, which now I could tell you anything you need to know about campers. We sold a ton of campers, not me specifically, but we did a, like a live broadcast sales-a-thon kind of thing. It was wild. Well, Grace is in a floating camper right now. True. No boats where I came from. A boat's Cam- kind of like a camper. It's just way more... It's the camper that floats. Yeah. I didn't think I ever wanted a camper until I was around him for 10 days. And then my really? brain started going, ooh. It's kind of all you can do right now is drive across the country with your family, right? You might as well get a camper, get a boat, something. Were they like RVs or, I mean, like big motorhomes or more like tow behind, fifth wheel? No, they were all of between? them. It's this, uh, I don't know if I can say the company name, but I'll say it, Camping World, kind of the big dog. And it was their like big annual thing to where they sell RVs. I don't know. It was awesome. Was it in Texas? It was in Asheville. Uh, which, oh wow! Which was awesome too. There's some good places to visit there. Did you go to DMB? No, no. I went to like uh, Sierra Nevada and Wicked Weed and uh, yeah. Moog. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah the Moog the Moog headquarters and then. You know, breweries. All I mean, the breweries, yeah. It is Moog. It's not Moog. I don't know. It's two O's. Do you say, how do you say Moo? Moo. <laughs> right. With two O's. So right. I, I would say Moog. But two vowels is supposed to be a long vowel. Two wrongs don't make a right. Okay. <laughs> two O's don't make an O. <laughs> Grace, what have you been up to? Well, a lot of church stuff as well. You're doing a journey of faith in Manhattan Beach, which is awesome. Still getting to mix and work in their broadcast studio that we built at the church. Um, but I do feel like I should touch on a recent conversation I had with one of our MXU 
close comrades. Uh, you know, we were, we were talking about what's been going on in the industry and I was telling him how like I've been doing city meetings for these festivals and everybody's been like, nope, not going to happen. May festival canceled, June festival, July, August, like everything's just doesn't exist. And, uh, so aside from volunteering at the church, I have been doing a gig that I started doing when I was 19 years old, like back before touring, which was working for a veterinarian at the hospital, right? Wow. And he was like, you got to tell people that you're doing that, you know, because a lot of people have been having to do something other than their gig, you know? And like, I like Jay saying like, hey, you know, I went and worked for Camper World doing this thing because, uh, man, it was rough. It, it was humbling to go back doing something that I did almost 20 years ago, right? And it's it was also like really rough. Uh, it's it's a 24 hour like emergency only facility, so it's only like yeah. pets that have gotten hit by cars or on death's doorstep. So there's nothing good. It was like really gory, and I'm I got a tough stomach, so that's not the part that bothered me, but some of the vets and the team man members that work there are some of the nastiest people I've ever worked for. And it's a whole different story at minimum wage. And I can tell you like getting yelled at for putting my semi trucks in the wrong spot or breaking a water main at a festival with a crane, getting a microphone thrown at my head by a pop star is a lot easier when you feel like you're being paid well and you can always rationalize like, well, I'm good enough to be here, you know? So the convo with our MXU friend was basically because I have a mentee that she's having a really hard time, like accepting a gig that isn't on par with the level of production. Like she was working for an A-list person and just killing it and then having to like accept a gig that isn't, doesn't pay well and isn't very like fulfilling um that person was like kind of looking for an easier way out so I'm kind of sharing this like to as, as he reminded me to like bravely remind our peers like there's no gig that isn't pruning us or grooming us for what's next you know and whether you're making sandwiches or stocking shelves or slinging dead puppies through a freezer like I was. (laughs) And I I say was because recently I have been able to take another gig, you know, uh, back in the industry. And and thanks be to God, quit slinging puppies through freezers. But man, um, it was a humbling experience. And I, I think I was able to admit to myself how much value I put in what I was doing in the industry and self-identified is like, that's who I am. So, I mean, it's been a big growth opportunity. And also I got to admit to myself like, wow, patience is like not necessarily just waiting and sitting on your hands, but like what you do with your time while you're waiting. And we might not necessarily know like all the little steps where we're headed, but we, our job is to have faith that they're um, sending us in the right direction and for the right next thing. So, uh, yeah, I just I, I've been sending people everywhere the link 
to Pooch and Raybold's uh, podcast number 35, I think it was, because they just do such a good job of hitting on like, humble yourself, get it done, take care of your family, do what you got to do. And man, that's what I did. And I think I kind of hid the fact that that's what I was doing. You know, Mm. I wanted without knowing it, I kind of wanted people to think like, oh, she's good. She's still doing her thing. Like, mm -mm, I was getting up at 4 a.m. slinging puppies. So I just highly recommend like if that's what you got to do, that's what you got to do. And be brave enough to do it for however long you got to do it. You know, I feel like I feel like every time Grace talks to us, I'm just challenged beyond (laughs) Yeah, all measure. It's like okay. Well, I wish we had a B three. I was about to start playing. <laughs> oh, please do. <laughs> well, it was uh, it was Ricky Ricky Cook and I were chatting, and and he was like, you know, the Pooch podcast. He tells you like, reach out to your homies, ask them how they're doing, and then ask them again. Like, no, really, how you doing? You know. Hmm. And Ricky was cool enough to be like, "How's it going?" I was like, "Oh, you know, it's cool working on the boat." He's like, "How's it really going?" Like, uh, it's, uh, it's not that great. You know, this is what I'm doing. And my mentors are, are having to work as forklift drivers at Home Depot. My mentees are talking about taking a gigs in the adult industry because it's easy money and it's on par with what they were making before. And they're willing to compromise their values to go do something for a couple thousand dollars a week. Cause that's what they were used to making. And like, man, I just, I don't know what to do. And he's like, you need to tell people. Like, stop, stop pretending that's not what you're doing. You know, so. Wow. There it well, is. Told on myself. <laughs> well, Jay, I know you've been really kind of feeling a lot of that in the ATL with some of the collective and the things that you're trying to pour into there. How's, how's things in in Atlanta, I think one of the big things we're uh, it's on hundred percent on par with what Grace was saying is that uh, everyone's appearance is great. We're gonna figure it out, guys. We're coming back. We're gonna, but people are hurting deep down. I think that church world, uh, while we could probably com- complain a lot about having to pivot and some of the things we're doing, we're very fortunate and lucky, especially for those people that are on staff at church and production. But as far as us contractors, freelancers. Uh, church has kind of been a saving grace to some degree for a lot of us, but my friends that either don't have church uh, gigs or are not involved, I f- there's some deep pain. Um, and I think one of the organizations here in Atlanta that I'm a part of just raised 50 grand to really help uh, musicians and crew. And a lot of the money we think is going to end up going to counseling more than it's going to pay rent because we think wow. so many people deep down are, and uh, if you look across the industry, it's not made crazy splashes, but there's been pretty in large number of suicides across the way. They've been definitely on the on the indie and lower end of the scale of uh, professionalism, like people that are up and coming. But there are some people. Then there's some amazing innovation, right? We could talk about Zito and his cinnamon rolls. Yeah. And and uh, I know there was uh, Backstage Brew and Call Time Coffee and a lot of these innovations. And so... I, but in Atlanta, being so diverse on uh, genres, it's it's kind of wild all over. So from hip hop all the way to the CCM stuff. Yeah. Well, speaking of CCM stuff, we uh we had a special guest waiting here, so we're gonna let him in. 
uh, Jay. This is a guest that you invited. So why don't you take it away here? Oh, man. Pop on. Yeah. Who do we got? Oh, we got Crowder. I invited everyone in my Rolodex, which is just, you know, <laughs> everyone. Dave, Dave, you there? Hey, man, I'm here, man. You look amazing. Oh, well, thanks. This is uh, this is Velour, you know, which. Oh, no, I was talking about the, the light, the Shekinah glory on your. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Four 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 thirty. That that's when God really shines on me. Yeah, I was like, you corner. set this up. I like it. Yeah, yeah you look amazing. It works. Uh, well, you know Jeff, who you can see on the screen, and that's Grace. She's she's the beast to my beauty. Hey, Crowder, hey. nice to nice meet. Hey, pleasure to meet you over the internet. That's machine. Lee over there. You've met Lee at Bayside in California. Oh wow, that's a long way from here. It is a long way. That's where Jeff and I are right now. Hey, where are you? You look like you're... Uh, I'm in space with Elon Musk. We moved there over COVID, so we live in space. I thought he was moving to Texas. No, no. We, uh, I'm in the studio. I'm in the studio. Oh, is that where you make f- fat beats? That's a dope studio. That looks like a Joe Rogan spaceship. Somebody's, somebody's got to make the beats. Might as well be David Crowder. White man with a beard. That's who makes beats. Um... <laughs> Well, for those that don't know that I used to travel with David, which I don't do anymore because he wouldn't let me play clarinet on stage. So I asked um, him to play clarinet on stage. He didn't play clarinet on stage. That's true. Um, he I, refused to do that, and he refused to let me meet his parents. So I haven't met them. My dad still thinks I work for Chowder. He calls him Chowder. He asked. <laughs> he literally. He literally asked me two weeks ago. He's like, uh, "So you and Chowder busy?" I said, "Yeah, we're slammed. Me and me and him are real busy." Okay, what he told me. You told me that what you told your dad and your mom was that you were an international DJ while you worked for me. So this is like yeah, a whole yeah. new deal. He, uh, my mom was telling my aunt in Africa uh, a couple of years ago when we were over there visiting. I kind of gone to my room to go to sleep, and my mom, my aunt had asked my mom what uh, I did for a living, and everything she did basically described DJ Khaled. And so, <laughs> <laughs> so you went with that. Yeah, so I'll just kind of go with it. It's so. close. I mean, you could kind of get away with it, actually, most days. Yeah, most, most days. I'm a little shorter. Jeff, you want to tell – I didn't tell Crowder anything about the MXU audience. Do you want to explain the audience to him? Man. Well, David, first of all, it's good to see you. Pleasure's all mine. I love you. I hope you're well. So MXU, since you don't know, is kind of a tribe of primarily audio, primarily church production folks but also lighting and video guys as well. And we just try to give them some good advice and good training. And in this forum, just kind of a good hang and a way to connect in community. And so we're just grateful for you to kind of come and lend us some of your time. This is our 50th podcast episode. Now, so that is, I got a heads up on that. That's, that's insane. Yeah. We're just doing a little um, kind of Christmas party slash uh, what's 50. Is that the golden anniversary? Uh, midlife crisis, midlife crisis, something. Yeah. I don't know. 50th anniversary podcast. So. I told everybody when this started, this was the final one. It's not, this is not the last one. <laughs> I don't know, but, but I celebrated midlife at about 15. It's like, <laughs> yeah, I, well, I had y'all are at 50 is a, is mid. That's y'all are, y'all got aspirations. Yeah, I, I think I had a beard at eight, so I'm doing just fine. <laughs> like there's no way I'll last at 30. Crowder, what's that microphone behind you? I want one of those for our 50th. Oh, yeah, yeah, we'll see if we can hook that up for you. That's that blue. That's that blue. Uh, it has a bunch of capsules stuff on it. So you can just like change out. Oh, nice. Change out the capsules. Do you ever change out the capsules? I do. I do. I'm not, now this is like uh, the 
I, I used to always have what they terminology is the B7, which is like a U47. But now I've swapped to the, I think this is like the, the uh, zero. Yeah, it's the B0. Because like, that's what 2020 feels like to me. It's just like, <laughs> man, I got nothing. I got nothing. So it's like I had to pick a number that made more sense this year. So what does the zero model? What's it supposed to be? Uh, you know, it's, uh, I can't remember. It sounds better. I don't know. I, did, I looked it up at one point. It was like, oh, that's interesting. Bluemicrophones.com. But it did sound, it sound better. No, they won't give it away. They don't tell you what it is. Oh, that's weird. Now they're all secretive, I guess, because they can't have, they can't say we're licensing or modeling right, a particular right. microphone and you could buy ours instead of theirs. So, yeah. Yeah. you know, you have to go on um, the gear forum. I think I'm banned from most of those. I can see that. <laughs> got a you little for sure banned. Got a little violent there asking questions. No one has velour on any of those. Will you tell us what you've been up to literally since since the shutdown in March? Yeah. Well, we were together. We were together in March when it got shut down. I was about to say we were in Louisville, Kentucky. You know, it's like we're killing it. It's amazing. It's worldwide. It's happening. It's like Winter Jam 2020 is going on, and we were pretty excited about where we were with things. And then we're in Louisville, Kentucky. Everything had loaded in. We'd loaded in. There was optimism in the air. <laughs> we're like, we're going to do it tonight. I don't care if Ohio says no, but we're going to do Louisville, Kentucky tonight. No, we didn't. They just, uh, they just said everybody's going home this weekend, but maybe next weekend we'll be back out. We were not back out. In fact, that's the last time I left my basement was then. And so <laughs> oh where I am gosh. now is in the studio in the basement. <laughs> so do they just throw food down to you? How do you eat? No, I, I, uh, I go upstairs for mac and cheese. You know, I eat science food, so it's real quick in the microwave. I started trying to cook. <laughs> uh, you sent me a photo. It didn't last long. Well, I did. You've got to buy tools for this stuff. You know, there's a lot of things you need to make things in the kitchen. And so, you know, one of the first things I bought was, um, uh, you know, ramen noodles that come in the little square, the little rectangular yeah. squares. Yeah, they have microwavable dishes that you just, you just, as if it wasn't already easy enough. But no, you just throw it in the little square and you put it in the microwave for three minutes and it's just done. And I was like, this, this cooking is great. Cooking is easy. <laughs> I'm gonna tell. I'm gonna tell a quick story and pause you for a second. David and I don't really argue in life. We kind of normally see eye to eye, except not always. But, but we, you know, we we get along just fine. One of our biggest arguments to date was involving bus stock, and I had people that were helping me with bus stock because uh, I'm banned from most grocery stores from this thing that happened in my teenage years. And so people were uh, helping me bus stock and I had a list. You got to explain what bus stock is. Oh, uh, for those that uh, don't get to travel in a tour bus, bus stock is all the food and, and stock, everything from toilet paper to Hershey's chocolate. David's list is basically anything you can buy at a Texaco gas station. Literally everything. Twinkies, Slim yep. Jims, yep. Funyuns, peanuts, Reese's, Funyuns. Peanuts. Yeah. So he loves Chef Boyardee ravioli. And I thought I was going to be efficient and get the microwavable Chef Barty ravioli. And I noticed one day he hadn't been eating them. And so, you know, which is fine. He can eat whatever he wants. So I asked him, I was like, he goes, oh, no, I'm not eating that. And I, I was like, why not? And he was trying to explain to me that they taste different than the ones that come in the can, which led to uh, uh, altercation. Same reason I can't go on those forums. Um, and... We argued, I don't know, it, it could have been three minutes, it could have been 10 years, but in my head, we argued a long time, and he won, and let me tell you how we won, 
He made some really good points. I just thought he was being so ridiculous. He said, do you like Coke out of a can or out of a plastic bottle? And That's a big difference. I literally... I, different I, beverages. I, I surrendered at that point because Coke in a can is way better than Coke in a bottle. And he won. Just and, like just like, ravioli, like raviolis in the can, there's more Alzheimer's in it, you know? <laughs> okay, so... On the on the Chef Boyardee front, ravioli is the deal. Does SpaghettiOs run a close second, or is it just ravioli only? Oh, I, I like me some SpaghettiOs. No, yeah okay. yeah. okay. I get in ruts, man, Jeff. It's like I get I get in a rut, and I'll wear that thing out for like, I don't know, four or five years, and then I'll move on. <laughs> I, mean, I mean heavy ruts. Like, no. But the SpaghettiOs, they're like childhood, though, man. SpaghettiOs yeah. makes me yeah. think about. I think we had like there had to be some like generic brand. We didn't have any like brand names growing up, so there had to be some sort of like you know like Fruit Loops. There's the Fruit Hoops, so there had to be some spaghetti <laughs> that was like I don't know some O that was trying to orient it. Yeah, so there's some there's some trauma related to the spaghetti that uh, the ravioli is kind of cir- circumventing, but. But yeah, overall, Jay's, Jay's got it right. I just eat science food. I mean, there's some of us that are willing to just, you know, be experimental humans and see, see what will feed the planet in the future and us not die. And I think I've, I'm, I'm going to be here for a, a long time. I think I've got all the preservatives in me that I need. And um, I'm, you're stuck <laughs> with me. That's awesome. Yeah. Thanks, Crowder, you can, you can settle an argument but, that Lee and I had earlier. It wasn't really an argument, but it sounds better that way. Is it Moog or Moog? It's Moog. I mean, unless you unless you don't well, unless you don't like how Bob pronounces his name. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Is it Crowder or Crowder? Who should we ask? I think it's ask my dad. If you ask if you ask my dad, it's Chowder. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, David, what's going on musically with you lately? Other than the beats, like what 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 have you been working on? Yeah, no, I'm I'm heavy into uh, a album making mode. I, I I didn't I didn't. I knew that all of our friends that make music are trying to like, that's what happens in a crisis situation. Like artists, they just start, you know, stuff starts like coming up and you got to like account for it and organize it in a sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so I knew it was a, a really um, healthy, introspective endeavor for a lot of people, but I just, I felt the freedom, honestly, just to put a pause on everything. I was like, when am I ever, cause I, well, Partially, I spend most of most of my time out and about making music live, and then when I, when I've got like an album that I'm trying to collect all the songs together for, um, I'm still on the road, <laughs> and I just balance those two things at the same time. And so I I really felt like when am I ever going to have a season when I just get to like I don't know learn French, <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> work some crosswords. Yeah, I'm not kidding. I started working crossword puzzles. I do it every morning. That New York Times got nothing. I am I'm a <laughs> professional crossword puzzle worker. Um, I, I just started reading, uh, and it's not, I, I'm, everything I'm telling you is 1,000% true. I started reading all the tech manuals of all the gear I have accumulated over the years. I feel like I can like make, make music better now. And so I thought maybe I'm, maybe I'm just sort of supposed to collect stuff while we're off work and and non-essential, <laughs> um, which is super affirming to know. I've already, I've always known it. I'm like, man, like, so it's like me and my wife, it's just the two of us in our family. And like, she's super talented. And I'm like, I'm good at some things. And I know this, like 
I'm taller than her and I can reach stuff that she can't. That, that type thing. <laughs> I know there are valid things that I can pull off in life that aid others. And uh, music, I've, I've always just felt like, I don't know, I, I'm always available and useful, but very utilitarian. And I feel like uh, during the COVID season, I got to collect a lot of knowledge and understanding about the tools I use that I'm like, okay, when I feel like it's time to push the gas down, we'll go. And so it's been for about the last two months or so, like we're pushing the gas down. And so we got the pedal down and we're rolling right now. And I'm excited. Very choral. It's a very choral endeavor that I'm looking at. I just feel like what we missed out in COVID, in the COVID season is being with each other. And so like to sing songs with one another feels as basically human as you can possibly. Also, it's very difficult to argue with one another when you're trying to harmonize, when you're trying to sing together, uh, a lot of our differences uh, are, are just invalidated. And so uh, that's, it's a very choral oriented endeavor. Do you endeavor think I'm, I'll get a clarinet solo on this album? I'm all, the door is always open, Jay. I don't know why you try to. I don't. I don't want to. I mean, it's, I don't want to lie. It's oh, always oh. with me. <laughs> he, he's holding a clarinet. It's it's always right here. The reed the reed's right there. Okay. Can you can you play it right now? No, I mean no. I haven't I haven't been uh, wet wetting <laughs> the reed. You know, moisten his reed. Yeah, you you've, you you got to you got to moisten the reed for a while. <laughs> Get the armature back together. Literally, I've I've been sitting. Uh, I played it earlier today. I've been sitting in this chair since COVID started. You can, Grace uh, or Jeff, when we had that last hangout, I was in this corner. That chair my, is epic. I got my my pipes right here. I just sit here and smoke my smoking pipe. I got my coffee right here, and my other coffee right here, and my clarinet and my piano. I don't have to go That's anywhere. That's awesome. That's all you need. Yeah. Well, Crowder, thanks for stopping by and sharing some of your time. If this can be serious as you want, or or funny, but if you, but if you could tell ten thousand church tech guys something or give them some advice in your years of experience being in and out of church what would you say oh man let us have access to the limiters please dear god oh come on yes yes just let me get in that closet one time one time <laughs> let me get it a little harder than your pastor will let go down you just got to open it up open it up just a little bit <laughs> Jeff, congratulations on on fifty. I don't think I've done anything fifty times in a row except uh, ramen noodles and ravioli. So that's a feat, and I uh, want to congratulate you. Love you serving the church like Thanks, this, man. And Thank happy you. to call you friend, my brother. You too. Thanks so much. And we're gonna we're gonna let you go because we got other people we want to talk to, honestly. But we love you, and thank you for what you're doing. I can't wait to hear the new music. Please say hi to Tony and the guys for me. And uh, man. Just, we'll just do it. hope to see you soon in person. Hey, good to meet you guys too. Thanks, David. See you, buddy. Bye, Crowder. Bye, Jay. Yeah. Well. <laughs> I think I could be creative in that space. That thing, that studio looked awesome. It, I think it, it just awesome. got a write-up in Mix Magazine or something. I was like I looking like at his diffusion link. panels like behind his head. Was that his house? It yeah, his basement. Um, he used this phenomenal acoustic guy in oh, from Ohio, I think his name. Um, he actually has done a lot of stuff in the church market too, but the studios, I know he's worked with the Reach Records guys and the Passion guys and stuff like that. Anyways, the studio is brilliant and Crowder is the weirdest human I've ever met in my life and absolutely brilliant. I think we should send him an air fryer. He could fry uh, it. He would actually love an air fryer. Yeah. Now that I think That's about a good it. idea. That's a really good idea. He wouldn't, I mean, that would change his world. He could air yeah. fry some wrong. All right, well, 
you know what? We're we're just going to keep this party let's, going. Let's keep the party going. So next in the hopper, we've got our great buddy Stan Endicott. I'm going to admit him. Stan, my brother, how are you doing, my friend? I'm killing it. <laughs> You're killing it. Of course you are. How are you guys? Hi, Stan. We're doing awesome. Jay, good to see you, good people. Yes, sir. What are you, what are you up to this fine Monday? I've been reading a book today, but but other than that, and trying to avoid my wife telling me I need to go shopping. That's been yeah. successful. Okay, so when I wake up on Christmas, I find out what I bought everyone. So are you saying you have to participate? Oh, no, no. I just make it, I just bathe it in prayer and make it a matter of prayer is what I do. (laughs) (laughs) But, but uh, yeah, Connie's great. And, and, you know, people are using the heck out of this uh, online shopping thing. That thing's taking off. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Amazon might have a future. Oh my gosh. Every time he rings my bell, I yell, thank you, Santa. (laughs) Oh my gosh, we we have trucks pull up every ten minutes in front of our house, and they Amazon's got these new little things that are about the size of a wagon that a guy with a remote control follows it around, and they go to different places, different houses. It's weird. Probably just Irvine. Irvine. Are you serious? Oh yeah, Stan. I live in Atlanta. That thing is getting stolen, or we're shooting it. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> drone drone delivery is not far off. They'd be better off just to get your kids' wagon and put some packages in there and pull it. You know, they've got a remote control, like ten thousand dollar little robot on wheels that wouldn't wouldn't hold but about six boxes of toilet paper or something, <laughs> which is doubtful. But that's good. So, what book are you reading? Okay, no rules, rules. Yeah, Netflix, Netflix. and the culture of reinvention. Yeah, it's, it's about. <clears throat> I'm on this uh, high horse of soapbox about how HR demolishes culture, and so um, this guy agree, agrees with me. So I like reading his stuff, but hey, it's all good. So what, what's the headline there B- besides HR demolishes culture? I mean, what's the... Well, like it's slingshot, we did away with vacation time. Yeah. Because everybody just lies about it. <laughs> right. <laughs> so we said, we don't want to keep track of it. You take as much time as you want, anytime you want, and we'll see you at the, what would have hopefully been a Christmas party. But... but um, it's basically give people freedom to work and to dream and not to have to follow, you know, uh, guidelines and stuff. Just absolutely takes the wind out of everybody's sails. You know? So, but anyway, that's what Netflix is big on that. And so I've been, I've been doing that. I'm kind of a, I guess if you go on our website, uh, my picture's got, chief culture officer that that's I pay attention to that stuff. So I'm reading that book right now, but it's nice. good. You guys good. Grace, you good. I'm doing all right. Got lots of, lots of little projects going on. Got my eye. What's that? 
find a project? Well, I've been working on the boat, sanding some stuff between doing uh, every other weekend we record for the church. And I've been launching all our Christmas stuff, which I think just looks gorgeous. And yeah, I just, I'm really grateful to have that. Uh, when I talk to my peers that don't have the church stuff going on, I have, I wish there was more room for me to bring them in. You know, you, you're just not allowed to have visitors on campus and that kind of thing, you know, but. See, what church are you at? I'm sorry. We're at a journey in Manhattan Beach, California. So South Bay, Los Angeles. Yeah. I've, I, <clears throat> that's where Mark used to be. He's still there. Yeah. He's, he's our tech director, uh, not just front of house anymore and cool. he's k- killing it. It looks beautiful. Anybody wants to log on and check out our Christmas Eve service. I think we just did a stellar job. I was telling the guys we rented some uh, vintage microphones that are worth more than my car and they sound gorgeous. So like old, C20, like C24s or something or old old RCA mics that yeah, old don't, RCA ribbon mics or something. Exactly. Oh. Yeah, just That's gorgeous. Cool. It's a little things. That's what Santa brought us. <laughs> so where is your boat? <laughs> It's in uh, South Bay, LA as well. Yeah. Yeah. Don't say exactly. You'll have people show up. <laughs> Actually, y'all are welcome. I love taking out roadies. Uh, if if you look at my logbook for, for the first year when I was learning how to sail, it's all roadies because I think y'all are the only ones crazy enough to get on board with me. <laughs> well, that's cool. Yeah. And uh, I... I definitely married the right guy. His uh, Christmas present to me, uh, he had it out of the water yesterday and did new bottom paint on it. So it's back in the water today. And yeah, that's that's how we roll. We like to give each other um, experiences and not like physical presents. Yeah. So come up here. Come sailing. I would love to do that. So... So, Stan, this is our 50th episode. That's why we invited you. Oh, uh, I saw that in the email or text. I I thought that was, that's pretty, that's a great accomplishment. You know, it's uh, you and Robert Scovel are like, you keep going back and forth for most, most appeared guests. And he's not on here today. So most appeared are the least listened to, which I mean. Definitely most listened to. Yeah. Our no, our most listened to episode is Grace's first episode, actually. And then and then you and Robert take second, third, and fourth after that, I'm sure. So that's cool. What was Grace, what was your what were the topics in your first one? Oh, what did we talk about? We wrapped, really. I don't know that it had anything to do with the topics. It was uh ten thousand audio guys wanting to know what a female sounded like. <laughs> that was probably it. Which is funny because out on the road, I get, hey, dude. Like, right. What? <laughs> That's hilarious. Hey, we have another guest in the lobby. We're just going to add him in. It's uh, Chris Raybold. Grace, do you know Chris? Have you run into him before? I'm a super fan. I know. Okay. I, I think I've, I may have hosted him at a festival or two, but he's there he is. Chris is. What's up? Hey. What's up, man? <laughs> Sorry, guys. I didn't mean to butt what in. What is that microphone? What is this microphone? This is an Earthworks Icon Pro. I have to, yes, have to look at the box. Dang. <laughs> nice. Oh, you guys moved in together finally. 
We did, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they've been dating a while. That's great. Yeah. That's I'm funny. paying utilities. He's paying rent. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> Splitting the cable bill. Chris, where hey, where are you and uh where do you live and like like you own a muffler shop or donut <laughs> shop or anything cool? I wish. That would if that would pay the bills, I would one hundred percent sell mufflers and donuts. Um love to start a muffler shop. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Yes, that'd be great. Um, I'm in Athens, Georgia. Okay. That's that's home for me, which is actually not too incredibly far from Jeff. Yeah, um, and then Jay is in Atlanta. I don't know if you guys know each other, but yeah, we, I know the yeah I know the name. What's up, Jay? Yeah, how you doing? We met. Uh, I think the last time we saw each other was that uh, fundraiser at Mercedes Benz. You were with Bruno. Oh yeah, right. Right, which sounded, sounded surprisingly good. Well, when the PAs pointed at the field and you got at two f- LED walls blocking the rest of yeah. the Yeah, it sounded unbelievable. I had a great time. Thanks, man. Yeah, that was fun. God, that seems like 30 years ago, but um, anyway. Hey, Jay, could you, you're sitting in that wing back chair, dude. I'd love for you to read the Christmas story to us while you're sitting. Yeah, <laughs> I, don't, I don't have it. All I have is my pipe, my coffee, and a clarinet. That's impressive. He. He does have a clarinet. We uh, David Crowder was just on before you guys, and who was David Crowder? Oh, I love clarinets. <laughs> and Jay is asking to play clarinet on Crowder's next album, and it's not even an option. It's going to happen. I've recorded clarinet many times, and a clarinet with no vibrato is one of the most beautiful, haunting sounds anybody <laughs> could ever. Well, I played it all the way through college. Now I can just hold it because uh. I can't get a note out of it. Did you actually play clarinet in college? Or are you lying? All the way through. I did. I was a clarinet player all the way through college. I don't know if you all know Jeff Sandstrom was a trumpet player all the way through college. Yes, sir. I learned that recently. Was very. We didn't talk about that. I was very yeah. impressed with that little <laughs> truth bomb that came out there. Yeah, it's been a minute. But, um, yeah, it's, it, man, it feels like eight lifetimes life. ago. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I hear you. Everything feels like many lifetimes ago right now. <laughs> it does. And this is our 50th episode, and it's hard to believe that it's number 5-0. Congrats. I was, try- I was thinking, um, I should have said that first above all else, congrats. But um, what does that predate to? Like, when was number one? Oh, gosh. Let me look. Um, I think 2017 or yeah, 2016? probably. For the longest time, we did like one every six weeks was kind of the It was pretty rhythm. occasional, yeah. And now we're haven't Mr. Pooch and uh, Raybold uh, aren't y'all are at thirty two or they something just hit already? Forty, oh. yeah. God, we done. We're at forty and one. The, <laughs> yeah, y'all have been on it. Yeah, yeah. you guys are. And now it. let's let's plug you guys. It's an actual podcast, not just YouTube. Correct. Yeah. Which is that? What's funny is um, that's the way it's st- well in in at least in my version of the story. That's the way it started because I'm a big podcast consumer and and uh i would always think when whenever we chat it'd be like man we need to make this a podcast man we need we need to make this a podcast and then pooch got going once covid hit with the whole video thing and was like come on let's do this so then that's what we were doing um but yeah which uh, is cool we yeah, got to so anyway. we got to like get to know you and your faces and but i i'm with you i like to listen to podcasts on long treks or when i'm working i think i was sanding something earlier listening to one of your episodes that's cool yeah that's and for cool. people that don't know your podcast 
touches everything from PA tuning and perceived volume, broadcast mixing. Uh, you even did oh, well, thank number you. 34 is about uh, the consulting work that both of you guys are doing in churches, which is kind of what MXU, mm -hmm. uh, you know, our little clan is all about what we're doing in our churches. But the guys and I were talking earlier, I was listening to 35, where you guys got super real about um, not being paralyzed by this current situation and just going to work, doing mm -hmm. what you got to do, not sitting down in the fire, checking in with your friends. And that thing's been huge for me and my peers. I've been sending that to everybody. Like, you got to... Oh, man, that makes me feel like really, 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 really good. Thank you. Yeah, I love what you guys are doing. Sounds great. I can... Yeah, Earthworks, nice. <laughs> Thanks. Well, the the irony of our podcast is like at the beginning, the audio is so poor, and it's still not great because we're not even like doing this. Like we're not going. To, thankfully, I remembered to hit record. Um, we're just <laughs> like ripping it from yeah, we're ripping it from Zoom, and it's funny without knowing exactly what they've done. I've listened to their algorithm change. Yes. Over the year, and at the beginning, you know, it, and it's like Pooch and I would speak. And Pooch, of course, is just this giant, larger-than-life bellowing in that his voice is that way, too. And, like, I would say something, and it would just get stomped, yeah. just get smashed, just nowhere to be found. And um, now that it's a little more forgiving with its Dugan-esque type qualities, yeah. you know, but it's funny. It's almost embarrassing. It's very fitting for me, though. We have an audio-based podcast, and, like, the first 30 episodes just sound horrendous. <laughs> oh, well, if it makes you feel any better at all, like in our first year, two years even, I mean, we've had guys like yourself, guys that have mixed the Super Bowl, you know, you mm -hmm. name it. And we've had multiple times where the guest forgets to even record. And I, I get it. Because you start, you sit there and you look at your DAW and then you log on or you do whatever and then you forget. I've done it with Pooch before. And I think we're, people we're, are nervous. We've like, had world-class audio engineers who don't have a microphone at home. Yeah. Like yeah. They're, they're just relying on whatever their computer can do and internal mic and speakers. So, you know, at least we're making a couple steps forward. But And, you know, we're always the ones behind the scenes. So it's like, hey, will you come be a guest on a podcast to tell a mixer that? They're like, that can be really nerve-wracking for people. And I think they just... You just forget in the moment. Yeah. And it's not common, you know, for you guys, I'm sure you have a routine, like a lot of this stuff. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I, I was somewhere else the other day with this same little bitty teeny tiny rig that I have. And I was like racing to put it together to yeah. jump back on, you know? And so it's just, it's if you're used to it or not. Yeah, um, totally. Totally. But Hey, I did want to say, you know, you mentioned, um, I was thinking about this year as I was racing home to put all this stuff together and get on with you guys. And, uh, it's funny the way the, well, it's not, there's nothing funny about this year, but the way that it has panned out, like one of the communities that I am undoubtedly 20 million times closer to above all else is the house of worship community. Cool. You know what I mean? Like, not just, it's a factor. It's a thing. Like it's the one, you know, that I feel closer to than, or that I've found, a something, some connection with, yeah. So that's been cool. Don't Thank you think you the touring world and like, um, you know, the, I, I guess pro audio, but you know, they're, they're, mm -hmm. they're actually like communicating between the two in a way that they never did before. I used to always at home 
work in a house of worship and then go back out on the road and share little tidbits. But now, mm-hmm. now my people in house of worship are listening to the Pooch and Chris podcast. You know, like they're they're asking yeah. the touring world, like, how do you do that? in a new way mm-hmm. that I don't, they're kind of just on their little Island before, like, well, we do it this way. And I taught my church how to mix in ears for real and like not use the piv- old mm-hmm. Pivotech system, you know, mm-hmm. like they, they have a monitor desk yep. now and it was just like mind blowing the first Christmas or Easter. Uh-huh. <laughs> we did monitors in ears. They're like, I could have my own mix, like mind blown. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's funny too, the way the worlds have played out where, you know, the house of worship, Good Lord, you guys have been through so much change, but have also been more active than anyone else. Right. So it's literally like, like I've never been more aware of what the church world is doing. It has nothing to do with what I've done with it. I just, it's the only thing doing anything, Yeah. you know? So it's like in the spotlight, if you're, if you're paying attention online or on social media or whatever, it's just, you can't help but be like, wow, man, you know, look at that, look at that. And it, just to see all the levels of production, the different varying degrees of, uh, I don't know, performance, you know, high-end performance. You can tell. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I can tell what something sounds like now through a cell phone video. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know? last night we're doing about to do a Christmas show, and Aaron, who's mixing broadcast, he was saying something about, he's like, I need some more treatment where he's at. It's He's in like a storage closet, basically. Mm-hmm. He's like, I need some more treatment. I was like, well, how do you know? And he goes, well, it's like kind of off when I'm sitting in there. But then when I listen to the snare drum through my iPhone, I know it's right. It sounds correct. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, you know what the drums are supposed to sound like to totally. the iPhone. That's like a reference for him. Yeah. So I it was is. there I was there last night. I've been a part of their services all weekend, just kind of hanging mm-hmm. out. And so mm-hmm. I was at front of house with Lee for every service except the last one last night. And so I went up to mm-hmm. sit with Aaron. And I don't even think I told you this yet, but as as the first music set kind of finished they go to a, a little host moment so aaron turned to me and he goes hey so what do you think you know is any anything you're hearing that i need to change or how does it sound i was like man it sounds awesome i love what he's doing with the with the tracks and the vocals feel great and all that and i said you know i i feel like the drums are a little maybe back but i get it that it's broadcast and i get it that it's maybe mm-hmm. not like it well, like it would feel if you were in front of the PA. You don't need the impact. You don't need the impact as much. Right. And I said, you know, the one thing is I could probably use a little more snare drum. He goes, that's exactly what I was talking about with, with Lee because mm-hmm. the snare drum is there on the broadcast. I went back and listened. And it's like, sure enough, there's this huge snare drum, but for some reason in the room, it's, it's just not. So, but he's able yeah. to account for it because he listens on many devices and listening on what the people who listen to it are going to listen to it on. Yeah. And that's the sign of the times. Of, yeah. It's crazy. Hey Jeff, what would you, uh, what would you point out in Lee's mix after listening Mute to it, it multiple times? Mute it. Well, what's funny is we <laughs> just, no, just we, mixing we yourself. Services, I mean, yeah. And we were changing stuff every service. Yeah, I'm sure. And oh, it was yeah. getting better I, every time. And a lot I of that, saw that snippet, Jeff, that you posted oh, yeah. Lee's mix, it sounded yeah. jamming. That's well, what I'm saying. I heard that, and I'm like, you know? It's it funny. So a lot good. of this, though, is part of why we even exist in the first place as MXU is this whole thing, 50 podcast episodes and 20 live events ago and 300 videos ago, this whole thing started when the two of us and Andrew were asking each other, how can we help each other get better? And what are the things that we can do to challenge each other 
And to be vulnerable enough to go, hey, I feel like this isn't working, or is this working okay, or what would mm-hmm. you do here? And the fact that we had the, I don't know what, insight or willingness to just go, uh, there are times when I really need help. And so mm-hmm. I want to find a tribe, a group of people who can challenge me to get better, and maybe I can give them some advice, or they can give me advice, and we can kind of sharpen each other and get better. And I feel like from where we started on Saturday afternoon with your stuff until where we ended last night, it was tiny little things. I mean, mm-hmm. turn the pads down on this song just a little bit, or maybe raise the high-pass filter on this track, you know, from yeah. from 150 to 200. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's not doing major things, but it's like all those little things together and just having another pair of ears to go, hey, what do you think of this? And Chris, uh, you're being mm-hmm. a part of this now too. Like you're in Pooch's episode on high-pass filters. Mm-hmm. That was a big deal to me. So on this show, I went, I'm going to go higher on high-pass filters. Mm-hmm. And it, because it just feels crazy to go to 180 on the high-pass filter on an electric guitar. It just, it, it sounds, seems wrong. It, But it's it, not. It, it just depends. I know that episode was crazy for me, too, because when we were, um, in fact, that one, for instance, that just goes to show the way, to your point, Grace, like all of this sort of crosstalk, you know? Like, I remember on that one, Pooch is like, really? You want to do filters? I'm just like, I think people will get a lot out of that. Like, and that's like just going to work, ho-hum kind of stuff. But um, that that episode tripped me out, too, because he was talking about how high he went on vocals. Yes, uh, which I did that. Yeah, and it's just a different way of getting there. You know, um, I, I want, I don't know, Chris, I'm going to fly you out here so you can hear it, but I took my it. vocals up to 335 was the highest. Mm-hmm. And like, when you say that people right now are going, wow, that has to sound terrible, <laughs> but it <laughs> no. doesn't. Well, and I, you I don't, bet it doesn't. like we've talked about, you don't listen to those things by themselves. Mm-mm. You listen to them in the context of everything else. You know, yes. it's, it's not like we're soloing in place all these sources in our PA mixing is Mm -hmm. putting them all together and it's the way they sound together that matters. Yeah. Um, you know, and and to your point, Jeff, it is cool to have like, or to be at that point in your life or your career where don't get me wrong. You can ask somebody a question and still get your ego bruised when you think you're ready for it, but to be open and willing to ask someone or to just be calm enough to be like, to be okay with asking somebody else, like, what do you think? What should I do? Or what do you hear? And you can even ask that question and reserve the right to not take what they give you, you know, but that, that banter, that, that sort of thing, that's a really wonderful thing to have access to. Um, Well, and that's really why we started all this in the first place. But um, for those of you who are listening, who don't know, one of the things that we're most excited about is some of the content that we shot with Chris when I was in Athens with you, um, gosh, I guess it's been a month ago now, um, at Tweed Recording. And so mm-hmm. as those edits of that video stuff is, or, you know, as those pieces are coming together, man, it's going to be fun for our subscribers to get a hold of some of the stuff that you're talking about. It's going to be great. So good. I thanks again so. for doing that. I can't wait to do more. Yeah, definitely. <clears throat> definitely. I was thinking about that very thing. Um, yeah, it's a brave new world right now. Um, a lot of cross collaboration that'll, that'll, that'll pay off when the world normalizes to some degree, you know what I mean? And you're doing some consulting in churches 
Are you building out PA or what are you doing for most of these churches? To be honest with you, it can look any number of ways depending on the time and budget. But it's like, I'll go in there and it can look, at the very least, it can be, I'll go in, you show me what you've got. I'll just, to this, to the point of this whole conversation, I'll kind of tell you what I think. And then I can embellish. I'll just do something to it. I'll move the furniture around a little bit. And if you like it, cool. If not, no big deal. (laughs) Or if there's more time, and this is what we've done really in all places except for one, we go in there, we listen, and then we start at the PA end of things. Because before talking about high-pass filters, if I go in there and I listen to some mix and I hear what I hear and then I look on the console and every vocal is high-pass to 800, you know, there is a problem somewhere downstream. That is too far. For fact. Right, that's a little much. That's a bit much. So anyway, so we go, we look at the PA, we address the PA, then we go in on the following day or days, uh, we just take playback and we just work it out. And at the end of that, they can either have this new mix, this new product, or they can, again, pick and choose from it what they like, save presets or just, you know, make notes or this or that. So it's it's a luxury, and it's but it's it has value to it, you know? They'd be oh, crazy cool. to zero out their crossover after you left. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, it's funny. That's kind of the whole point of the thing is like, this is a marriage. This is a system and this is a mix. And they're, they're not, in no, at no point in time are they separate from one another when we're talking about what's happening in this room, you know? Stan, I know you guys have had a crazy busy year. You know, we've talked before, like our industry as a whole it's either not moving at all or like church is busier. What are, what are you seeing in our world from your end in Slingshot? And Chris, for, you probably don't know. So Stan owns and founded a company called Slingshot. So they help churches find great people in all kinds of areas, worship leaders, tech guys, pastors, all kinds of stuff. Awesome. Awesome. Well, first of all, uh, I was going to say to Chris, I've never met you before, I don't think. I don't believe so. I'm happy to know you. And uh, the very appearance that you really do love what you have learned, what you're about to learn, and the, and the uh, joy that seems to be a part of you for serving people to teach them stuff you just seem like you really like this stuff, and it's refreshing. Well, thanks, man. I, and thank you for noticing that. I appreciate that. One of my favorite TV shows is uh, Gold Rush. <laughs> and uh, I love the way that they go looking for gold. But here's, you know, part of this conversation, uh, I feel like, uh, you know, when I go to used to go to conferences, I would go maybe because of our of our company or for different reasons. But I always go like if I'm in a hotel and there's like a bunch of conferences going on, I don't go to ours. I go to somebody else's because I just want to go learn something from somebody else. So one time I went to this walked in this ballroom. Um, and, uh, wasn't, I wasn't supposed to be there. Didn't have the right badge. didn't have a badge. And they stopped me at the door and they said, can we help you? I said, I just like to listen. Can I just be here in the back of the room for a minute? And I, they allowed me to do that. 
And the guy was, uh, apparently they were a pharmaceutical sales company. And the guy got up in front of about 400 people and said, if you're a good speller, we don't want you working for us. And I, I just, I go, what, what? So I'm always like showing up at places I shouldn't show up. <laughs> So right now, the, the conversation for the last 15 minutes, I feel like I'm uh, talking to a bunch of stockbrokers in the commodities. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Fair. this is pretty cool. I don't understand it, but it's cool. But this is what we're seeing. Uh, one thing that, and to your guys' benefit, COVID caused technology to leapfrog out in front of the church, which the church would not have allowed otherwise. Yeah. And so you guys are like gold rush. COVID caused everybody to bring out their big caterpillars and just shave off the top of the earth. So everybody, so the technology people could find gold and you guys are positioned. The gold is just, you're standing on it for the future. Mm -hmm. It's in, it's incredible, but churches are going. Their budgets will go up in in technology. You will have more opportunity to consult in technology and AVL and all of that stuff. All of you will. But I just think that it's you're in a great place. The thing that we've noticed, churches are hiring like crazy, and it's churches sizes typically of five hundred to eighteen hundred. Yeah. They're hiring lots of people. And there's a lot of smaller churches hiring senior pastors right now. But what but what COVID has done to the church, see, churches usually would rather change people than develop them. Felt that. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying, you guys? Yeah. And so, um, you know, uh, the, the, the quote that got to have the right people on the bus, eh, but um, churches uh, want to have the very best people possible. But because of COVID, what you guys know is going to be welcomed big time. But as a company, we had a, we've had a very very good 2020, and we were shocked. April was frightening, you know. But uh, we have you know some really great people on our team that are that have great networks and churches are hiring and uh, churches are hiring for the future. And, uh, you know, I think prior to COVID Lee and Jeff, uh, if there were three, 400 people at your conferences, uh, first of all, there's no normal, normal left the building. And so it won't be back. It's going to be way different. However, I think that in the future, if people can travel, that you better find buildings that will hold 1,200 instead of 400. Wow. Amen. I think you guys are in a terrific spot that COVID, COVID has probably done more for what you guys know in the church context. I think, I think that's the biggest, uh, the biggest issue is what's going to happen with technology and you guys are in a great spot. So I am happy to toot your horn, all of you. And uh, I think what you guys, you guys have uncovered a gold mine uh, for future ministry and for content 
development, all that stuff. So I'm happy to know all of you and appreciate being on this call with you today. Well, thanks. Thanks. Thanks, Dan. Appreciate that. You know, I feel like I, I just have to say it again, like Chris, Jay, and Grace, you guys didn't work in church at all before jay you did a little bit and your worlds were the opposite of everything stan just said so i don't take lightly the the juxtaposition of you know things are going so well for so many people and then have screeched to a halt i mean you guys have been busy and are active and are doing things but your peers you know like you've said before are slinging puppies like grace has been working in a, a veterinarian clinic chris you've talked about guys working at home depot and, and all kinds of things so we don't take mm -hmm. lightly the opportunities and we're really grateful for that at the same time you know and happy to know all you guys and it's just a weird thing i guess you know it's it just feels weird to have friends not working and then some friends and business owners like stan having great years it's just a freaking crazy year yeah. Well, yeah. We've, we've had a really good year, and <clears throat> we don't really know why. I, I don't think God likes us any better than anybody else. But me personally, when I was a record producer, freelance, I remember I was telling somebody yesterday, I, every Christmas for years, I just prayed, God, can I, can you give me a project in December that's going to pay me $3,000? <laughs> that's that's what my family needs to spend for Christmas. So would you, can you help me out? Can you <laughs> find some little project I could do? And, and, uh, uh, last week, my wife and I celebrated our 48th wedding anniversary. Wow. Ooh, wow. Congrats. Congrats. There's a project. Yeah. <laughs> and so, um, we're good and we got great family great kids and great little grandkids. And, and, uh, but uh, my heart cries for, for a lot of my buddies that, that are really suffering. And I've had, I have suffered in the past, but right now we are, we're, we're doing okay. Lee, I like what you said. Um, and I think it ties in what Grace said too. And what Chris was saying, um, when COVID happened, we were all freaked out. I mean, we talked, we had the, we had that wonderful zoom call with so many people and everyone was freaking out a little bit. And and Chris, uh, I think I heard that you're mixing somewhere on Sundays. Is that right, Chris? Uh, I was for a little while. I'm not, I'm not now. I actually had a story about that that ties into all of this. But yeah, I was. It was great. Were you? Yeah. Well, oh, that's right. It was Watkinsville, right? Yeah. It's just Jason. Right the road. Jason. Do Jason Dominey. Exactly. I, exactly. I literally mixed her 20 years ago. That's great. Oh, when I was in Athens. But what Grace was saying, one of the first calls I got after I had like 48, 72 hours of freak out of all the work going away, was one of the pastors at Passion. He's a creative pastor named Ryan McCormick, also a dear, dear friend. And he said, hey, I know you're freaking out, but I just want you to know you're part of our people. You're in our community. We're not going to let you sink. He said, "He said we will find work for you. We've got needs here. We don't know what this is going to look like. We're, you're one of us. And I think that if the church, if I could encourage any tech directors, front of house guys, anyone um, that of influence on this thing, even even the guy that doesn't have the ability to approve expenditures, is to reach out to the community outside of the immediate church bubble. I know that like Grace was saying that like uh, churches are locked down, so you can't always bring guests and all that stuff. But for churches to even um, use people for set changes and 
And like you've got that to-do list of cables that are sitting in a pile that need to be resoldered and stuff. There's a hungry tech out there somewhere. I know that uh, the church helped save me during this year, especially. And uh, it sounds like Grace and Chris, you were there for a little bit. So I, if the church has the ability to do it, the local church, I think it speaks volume to to speak hope. Even if it's buying a meal for your local crew that you've used at your Christmas specials and stuff. But um, I've been the recipient of that in such an amazing way from the people at Passion. I would I hope that uh, everyone could do a little bit. It could probably help as this year is not quite kicking back already the way it needed to. So That's good. Yeah, you know, communities are full of industry experts that the church could leverage and, you know, learn from some of that expertise. So I think that's a great point. Like, let's make a church-industry partnership happen in a way that maybe we've never thought to do before and help us get better as the church and then obviously help somebody who's really in need, who is great at what they do, whether it's lighting design or video stuff or or mixing audio. I mean, there's a ton of resources that we can leverage. Yeah, for sure. I think one of the skills that uh, Pooch and Chris touched on in one of their podcasts is like if if you're an older person in this industry, uh, you probably did an internship where you weren't paid and you probably went through a season where nobody would let you touch anything. You probably went through a season of being scared that this tour was over and that next tour wasn't going to start. So if you've kind of been through hell before and you know like what your default mode is, you know what you got to do, you know you're going to be okay, and you know how to lovingly encourage someone just by listening – like make those calls. That's invaluable too, that, you know, you might feel helpless, like, oh, well, I can't really offer anybody a job. I can't really offer anybody any money, but guaranteed, you know, 10 techs uh, who are probably in panic mode somewhere that you could just be like, hey, you doing okay? And and do some active listening and, and hang out with them. You know, that that went so far for me that I had some of my mentors reach out to me in those first six months and I'm I'm happy to do that for other people too now. That's great. I think Chris should buy me a Tropicalia when I come to Athens. <laughs> what is that? It's an adult beverage. It's only the best beer ever brewed. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. That's and subjective. This is in Athens? It's right across from Tweed. Why do you think Jeff didn't get anything done when right. he was up there? <laughs> I like me some creature comforts. Uh, yeah. Speaking of that, what was your story about Watkinsville? Oh yeah. Well, it was funny. I just listened to this whole thing and it was it's just been on my mind and I'm going to butcher this phrase. I've had all the time in the world to sit here and google it off to the side, but is the phrase necessity is the mother of invention or is yeah. the there's something like that, right? Necessity is a real mother is what I always used to say, but that's Well, story. and that's really <laughs> true. And kind of what why I'm thinking of that is you know, the reason that and gosh, COVID's put us all in so many, I mean, think about it, you know, sitting here with some of you guys that have had a really good year and it's almost like you almost don't want to say it. And like, that's a form of struggle in and of itself. And that's, that's the true. ultimate mind bomb that this thing has been on, on everyone. Either you have lost a lot or you haven't, or in fact, you've done really well, but you feel guilty. It's just so much. It's too much, you know, but what I've watched happen is that necessity 
has demanded that the house of worship world grow up like like you like you were saying um Stan it's just it it, it's not like everyone just in 2020 decided to up their production game or their <laughs> streaming game or their, I mean, they had to, they had to do this thing. And, um, and so when you have to do something, there's, you just, you don't drag your feet. That doesn't mean you necessarily do a great job as you begin your foray into whatever it is, but you just got to do it. And so I've watched the house of worship world get into some of these things that it has to do, embracing multiple mixes and or achieving multiple mixed destinations off of one source and having to get around that and this and that. And, and then in turn, there has also been this, again, this cross collaboration of worlds, different parts of the pro audio world, house of worship, touring, all these different things that are now, you know, it's been to my benefit to get to know everyone. And it's been, it makes me feel good. It makes me feel of service. And it has, it has helped me. It has literally helped keep these lights on to, or it been a, a portion of, you know? And anyway, it's just, it's, we, we all had to do it. So it's nice to see what it's looked like. And it's exciting to think of what it's going to look like moving forward. Um, when we don't necessarily all have to be together, maybe everybody kind of either knows what they're doing now or the, uh, some of us that have been grounded are kind of back at what we were doing before. But I was going to say, um, talking about the wealth of knowledge that comes out of MXU. And I mean, I'm telling you, I, it's like one of my favorite TV shows now. It's like scrolling through my phone, seeing what you guys do. I mean, y'all are working. And I'm, it's anyone who's not getting something out of that is not paying attention. And there, there are various sources, but you guys are certainly moving, you know. And... Um, I had lunch with my friend Jason Dominey the other day from Watkinsville First Baptist. Jason's just such an awesome dude. And uh, he's very much just kind of like whatever comes his way, he just takes it and rolls with it. And I was helping him out there for a while. I was consulting at first, then started mixing a little bit. And then they hired someone full-time as, I don't even know what the gentleman's title is, tech director or something like that. So he's been doing it. We were talking, how's it going? It's going great, awesome. And Jason mentioned something to me about, he's like, you know, I might need you. We were just having lunch as friends. He's like, I might need you for, to mix a stream or to do some, you know, with some of our streaming stuff or something like this. And we've been, of course, talking about that for a while. It's never happened. And I'm like, yeah, man, no problem. And for a minute, Jason kind of was like, you know, I mean, if that's even still a thing. And I'm like, bro, that's not going anywhere. <laughs> like nowhere. That's, that's part of what people, like that is part of the scene now. People thought Andy Stanley was crazy. Years ago. He was just mm -hmm. ahead of his time. Absolutely. Um, and I think, Jeff, we talked about this on some of our discussion at Tweed, where it was like, um, there are these things that we didn't, you know, churches didn't have, maybe, you know, particularly the streaming stuff. And there's people that now are able to get to a service that maybe they had, there was any number of physical or, you know, mental or, or they're just reasons that keep them at home. And now suddenly they're able to be a part of a service. Yeah. And it's like those people, there's no way they're like they were in that position before COVID came around, you know? Um, and I think people that didn't know that they would be into something like that now are into that and they feel they're getting what they need to out of that. And I don't think that's going anywhere. Yeah. That's just my it's just my opinion. No, I you think know? you're right. And I think, you know, what used to be, I mean, way back in the day, we would call it the shut-ins ministry or whatever, where there are people who just can't physically get to church mm -hmm. who we need to provide some sort of access or resource or whatever for those folks. Well, now, you know, there's a there's a quality and a um 
an experience that is so much richer for for those folks. And now it's almost like you can choose. You're not having to choose a less than experience is what I'm saying. Yes. If, yes, if you happen it. to be, um, whether whether it's as simple as being on vacation or whether you physically can't be in the in the location with everybody else, um, w- the one of the most exciting things is that we're able to offer an experience for those attendees that is really really good and a whole lot better than what it used to be. And I don't think that's mm-hmm. going anywhere. Or how about the roadies? No. You know that are going to get back on the bus. I think that y'all have had a great influence on us Mm -hmm. as we've come into the churches and done the work and listened to the services. And that, that was how I first absorbed it. I was in Brazil and that's part of my original testimony is it was like, all right, I'm either going to go out and get hammered with the boys or I'm going to stay in and listen to some services. And I ended up staying Mm -hmm. in and listening to some services. And that became part of how I, absorbed the services. So when I'd come home and work for the church, I found myself actually prodding our pastors like, hey, you guys aren't putting up content. Like, uh, you're helping keeping me sane. So I kind of need you to like post some stuff. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Right. Well, I think one thing that's going to happen, it's not going to be a ton because there's only so many positions that have opened up. There's going to be a lot of roadies that don't get back on the bus because they're working at the church now. Yeah, you know, I, I think of a friend of mine who just—he's a big name mixer. He just took a position at a well-known, with a well-known church, and I'm like, I'm so impressed by it. I just think it's such a very bold move on his part to like not go out there and just find something to pay the bills. But I mean, he went to like the top tier of this, you know, of that world. I'm like, man, you just—you really went for it. And I'm just curious. I'm like, is he going to leave that? I'm like, why? Maybe that's right where he's supposed to be. You know? Yeah. Um. Yeah, I know exactly who you're talking about. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about, or who I'm talking I, it about has to has to be. You, yeah, you do. I, I put up pieces together last night. Yes, exactly. Yeah, and uh, and I see that, and I'm like, I'm impressed with that, but I also see that move, and I'm like, mm, depending on what that looks and feels like, that might be the move. You right. know, totally. Even even when it opens back up. So mm-hmm. we hired a guy. Uh, he was out with. Luke Combs and Johnny Swim. That was like the last thing he was doing. And he's got mm-hmm. family in Northern California. So we snatched him up and he's he's a technical engineer for us now. He's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's only so many places where that scenario can play out. But where it does, I don't know. I think I think I think we I think you are gonna see a lot of that. Um or not a lot of that, some of that for sure. Yeah, I agree. And the bigger churches, almost all of them are hiring. That's well, they the, are, and I've noticed that. I've noticed that too. I mean, I know we have down in Atlanta. We have a passion. We have several jobs open mm-hmm. that we're trying yeah. to fill in all departments, not just audio, but right. The things, the things growing. I mean, Stan knows just as good as everyone. Everyone's hiring. Yeah. The uh, another thought I had, you guys, about why I think you're in a an amazing zone of time. Um, I have a buddy who was a lead salesman for IBM for years. And he used to tell me, he said, being a salesman for IBM is like having a 20 chicken alligator. You got to feed it 20 chickens every day or to bite your head off. (laughs) And uh, 
He also said that you can have the best dog food in the camp, but if the dogs don't eat it, it's not worth anything. Well, I use that analogy of a year or two years ago, pastors had no idea of quality in technology, and now they care about it. They care about it because of the quality, because they've been forced and they're compared all the time to others. So now their staff and their boards and their con- people from the congregations are leaning on them. Saying, we got it. We got it. And people are giving money to it to, to, to help improve. But uh, I think that the, the uh, perception of quality from pastors, the, the bar has been raised because of COVID, because of, of everything that had to change and had to adapt. So again, you guys are positioned in a great way. And there's going to be a whole lot of 18, 19-year-olds and 14-year-olds that are going to see ministry opportunity because of this. Technology needs them before technology was a little bit, uh, and the church was reticent to invite them in. But watch, it's it, the floodgates are opening for for great new young talent, and it, it, you're in a great place. So, if I was if I was 18, I'd be very very happy about about my potential in the future. So, appreciate what you guys do. No, I don't think you're wrong. I, there's a church I'm helping right now that they're building multiple podcast studios. Like, whoever thought that churches would be doing that? They're going to hire staff. And their half of their job is going to be editing podcasts. They have podcast producers. It's amazing. I know, and it's church, but so you right. know, twenty years ago, it was probably like, "Wow, churches are on TV." Well, it's probably longer than that, you know. So, right. yeah. like, it was a shift then too. But now, mm-hmm. the biggest medium in the world, like Joe Rogan, is the biggest media personality on the planet, and it's a sure. podcast, and it's like right. him and two two guys or something, a video editor and him and the other guy. Mm-hmm. It's just a different time, but I think churches are slowly, and I don't think it's going to speed up. I think it's always going to be slow, but they're slowly realizing the potential there. The pastors are letting us do amazing things that we weren't able to do on a regular Sunday, you know? Right. There'd be no fogger in our future before. (laughs) Well, aside from even, uh, not to discount the fogger, but aside from the fogger, um, you know, I'll watch and like I'll watch some of the MXU stuff, some of your all social media stuff, and I think it's cool where you'll you'll share like um, users' stories or, yeah. or whatever. <clears throat> and I'm watching and I'm seeing. You know, I'm thinking you mentioned the 14 year olds, the 18 year olds that are now getting a part of the becoming a part of this. And um and I'm thinking of my super formative years where I was dragging, you know, racks into clubs with whatever junk piece of gear and my junk analog hardware cabling that I would, you know, hook it up to these junk consoles, but whatever, that's what growing and learning meant to me. And these like rock venues, these clubs gave me a place to go do that. So now I'm watching and I'm looking at all of these churches and some guy, it's like all the technology is on display right now in these churches because someone's bringing in the new server or their, I see more, you know, of the new networking, the the new IO options. I see all of these things and it's some like 24 year old bro who's like, that's where he's gigging now. 
you know, and it's like, and again, it's because that's where people are working. And I'm watching, there's all this technology that was, that it was out and is out and was slated to be in mass at this point in time right now, but just, there's only one place where it can work. So anyway, I'm seeing, I'm seeing all of this play out. You know, I'm watching churches. It's like, it's almost like it's a good time for everybody. It's like the churches need the technology, the embracement of the technology. A lot of the younger generation is like, that's not something they're comfortable with, or it's not something they're savvy on. It's just literally the same as breathing air, you know, right. is to have these. I look at some, and the, the point of all this is I'll look at some of these rigs and I'm like, I literally have no idea what that is. I have no idea how that person is hooking that piece of gear up to that. I don't even know what that company is. I am <laughs> so behind, you know, but it's, but it's happening. It's happening in churches right now. It's really cool. Yeah, and used to, you had to be lucky enough to live in a city that had a guitar center with the pro audio room. Like, there was the little mm -hmm. room with the mm -hmm. Pro Tools I.O., and, like, mm -hmm. maybe it would have a Serwin Vegas subwoofer and a Macrotech amp in it. Like, maybe. Mm -hmm. Right. But then it was like the club downtown would have the 850s and the Series 5. But that was yeah. eight ACP88 with only six channels working. And, yes. and that, Jay, that is honestly, I didn't want to say it. That is, when I said I'm dragging my junk analog gear in, that is exactly the piece of gear. I used to do Tasty World in Athens or Eddie's yeah. Attic here in Atlanta. <laughs> totally. I had a D2, an M1, an ACP88. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I thought I had it all. I hear you. I don't think my, right. I had an ACP8. Before they even called it the 88, I remember. And, and you'd speak of only certain channels missing or, or working. I don't think mine ever had all eight channels. If Waves is listening, if we could get an ACP88 plug-in, that'd be oh, great. Please, Man. no. It just smothered everything and made everything <laughs> sound darker and smaller, yet it was eight channels of it. You can you know? hear the gate. It was with, a so clicky, with the clickiest, so worst gate ever. Yeah. But at the time, I thought that it was like, that was the Lamborghini of compressors and gates. You know, the band $800. You got $100 a channel for a comp and a gate. It was the dream. I, yep. and I, exactly what you said, Jay. An M1, a D2, and an ACP88. If you had a rack of that, yeah, that, that was, was money. like, I, I'm the best at what I do. Before I had my D2, I would use my M1 mono with the reverb mono on yes. one side and then the delay on the other channel. And all those buttons, those were the cheapest, jankiest buttons on the, all that whole M1 D2 series. Um, we tapped it like it was our job dialing that <laughs> thing in. <laughs> I had a studio friend of mine last night who asked, he was asking me about the, <clears throat> the Gain Brain and the Keypex um, gear. Now, that's going way back for bang for your buck. You know, that's like 70s and it was left over through the 80s and into the 90s when I started and it was still around. And it was it was also one of those things. It was just the simple fact that you could get eight in a space, you know, that was it made it worth it. It's like it was affordable if you cared. That being said, don't get me wrong. That stuff sounds 500 times better than an ACP 88. But same deal. If just getting value out of something in a small space has always appealed to what we do, you know, that's amazing. Yeah. We've officially broken the record for longest podcast. We'll keep going. We're going to keep speaking another language, Stan. So if you need to, if you need to go, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm hanging in there. My parole officer says I got nine more minutes. You got nine more. Okay, so y'all just jump off if you need to. But Jeff and I ran into something this weekend with a microphone. I want to, I want to bring up now, but I know this is going to leak into other episodes. Do any of you guys use the SEV7 on vocals? Uh. Yes, with an asterisk. Go ahead. What happened? <laughs> okay, maybe you already know. 
So I had heard, well, let's go back to the very, very beginning. So I, I was with Lee for his weekend Christmas services, and I wanted to intentionally not prejudge or have a lot of info or he didn't watch sound check. No I, I didn't, nothing. I didn't see any rehearsals. I, he just wanted me to basically come in and experience it with a fresh set of eyes and ears. And then afterwards we would just kind of unpack. So the first one of what, five or six this weekend, yeah. we, we go back to the, to the green room after in between services. And he's like, okay, give it to me straight. And you guys know, I mean, the mix sounded great. Like it was, it was Lee's drums and it was, you know, it was banging. It was great. But there was something about the vocals. And so part of it is I didn't know how to bring it up because it was like the vocals, they performed fine. They were singing in tune. It's a great group of singers. So it wasn't like, it wasn't a a performance thing. It wasn't an arrangement thing, but there was just something about the vocals. And I, you know, I just couldn't put my finger on it. So that led to this conversation about, gosh, it can't be too much compression because waves, I mean, the, the show that he's built has very few plugins on it. You know, all the, all the tricks of stacking compression and all that, it's, it's just off. There's a channel compressor and channel EQ. It's a very just straightforward setup, but I felt like there was something about the vocals. And so... I just made the comment. I said, I feel like it's, it's something about the microphone. Like it's it's not overloading like the wireless is getting overloaded. It's like the microphone itself is just it gets it's just, stuck. It's just getting pressed in like like a almost like a French press of a coffee thing where it's just like pushing too hard and the element itself is just crapping out. So that led to this long conversation. And so he asked one of the singers on stage. Who is an audio guy. Like he, is, he produces all of our stuff. We walked backstage mm-hmm. and I go, hey, Corbin, let me ask you something. Are you noticing like that V7? Do you feel like it sounds like you're singing harder than you are? And I swear to you, he said, oh, it feels like when I pull an espresso shot and I'm smashing the no tape way. down on the uh, grounds yeah. he goes that's what it sa- feels like to me and mm-hmm. we're like oh my gosh it was like we both used the same analogy to describe what we felt like the diaphragm of the mic was doing so then i i vaguely remembered hearing that yeah those mics are great and they're cheap but they're fairly notorious for wearing out quickly is mm-hmm. that true has anybody else heard that or did we just make that up because i feel like the mic itself was starting to crap out, and they're not that old. No, they're they're yeah. two years old. Let me. Can I jump in? Yeah, can please. I go? Because I have many feelings on this, um, but I'll keep them somewhat contained. I know exactly what you heard, and um, I know exactly what you're saying. To me, it sounds like we're all just using different analogies. Although that's amazing that you guys both use the same one. It's like I feel it getting stuck. Yeah, which is sort of and. Um, here's the thing, man. This is what drives me crazy. We're always out there looking for the next greatest wireless capsule. And even the greatest like boutique companies, and I realize SE is not, there's not two people on staff. I mean, it's a large company, but 
it's like once you get outside of Shure and AT and Sennheiser and some of that stuff, the QC just isn't the same. Yeah. It's not. And I know this is a, I hope this is a safe place to say all this. Yeah. I mean, um, yeah. Error I just did. Um, the, um, <laughs> so did we. You know, so, we started. so did you, which is why I feel so incredibly comfortable saying all this. I'm <laughs> yeah. so glad you guys, I'm so glad y'all went there. Thank you. Um, you know, I'll find that happens in a lot of these companies where I'll get these capsules and I'll take out four and they don't all sound the same or, you know, they've, there's something to them. There's another company. I've had the same thing. I've had some weird stuff happen with me with DPA capsules, which is another everyone's darling of the current, right. you know, boutique era. But yes, guys, I have heard that happen with the V7. I'll tell you, I was listening to some tracks during this year, during COVID, and um, I'm like, man, that's just distorted. I'm like, that's just, it's compressing, it's getting stuck. Or it's that's just distortion. That's yes. got to be the stick. To me, I feel like we're just hearing the stick. I really do feel like a lot of that is the stick, but I know not all. But then why don't we hear it with all capsules? So then it's probably the capsule. But um, but anyway, I went. The point of this little rant is I then went and listened on that same stage for this one act were wired versions of that mic. And now, given we're talking different vocals, but I know the push of all yeah. the people. I know the relative gains. I didn't hear it like that. I really didn't. That's so maybe it's something inherent in the the wireless build, or I, I don't know. I feel like I hear that compression sound, that stuck, that can't get past that pushback sound in almost every wireless unit out there. So no, yeah. but I I have heard it too, and I want to love the V7. I want it to be my new favorite, but I don't know. Yeah. Well, know. and it's funny because on other singers in the same row of eight down the front line a couple of them didn't have that issue at all and then okay well that bodes well then yeah but don't you think for the yeah but for the third service this guy corbin was willing to swap it out so we swapped to a 58 mm -hmm. and it was significantly better that right. girl has never lied to me the 58 has never lied right yeah it's yeah. the gold i mean it's i don't know about the gold standard it's the standard it's the metric it's zero yeah, yeah, you know the other thing that we did, um, you know, we were just double checking everything, and so, um, you know, I think some of it was like several of the singers had a tendency to really overdo the proximity effect and sing straight into the mic rather than you know mm -hmm. over the element and things like that. There was maybe a little different, but it was it was really it was fascinating to kind of unpack that. And to your point about the stick, I mean, it's axiant stuff so it's not like it's yeah el cheapo wireless i mean it's really good it, quality product i know and when you're telling the story i was thinking i was like i'm sure it's on accident and my experiences with it are the same thing and it's all the highest of high end but i'll i will hear that yeah the last professional touring thing i did before we all got shut down we had the deal where we pulled out a brand new v7 like everybody was kind of like eh, maybe this or that and then finally, I was like, can I just see them all? And I took five of them. And two of them sounded related. Wow. Kind of like the same mic. One sounded way distant than these other two. And the other one was just wrong. You know? Wow. Um, and that was of the four. And then I got his. And, um, and it was 
like just also wrong. <laughs> it was like yeah. it wasn't even the best of the bunch. So it happens. You, you got to check those things, you know. Again, well, you get a new 58, it's probably going to sound like the other 58. So we've got you know? four brand new ones showing up tomorrow so that I could test because I wanted to yeah. know, like, what's it sound like straight out of the box? That's cool. Oh, that's good. So we'll see. We'll see. Because what everybody loved about it is it doesn't sound like a dynamic mic. It sounds mm-hmm. like a condenser, but without all the drum bleed. So everybody yeah. went, great, it's the new one. But now I'm like, oh, but the vocal might not be yeah. the best. <laughs> yeah, right. And sometimes that air it has on top sounds a little un- like unnatural on certain people too. Yeah. That's, that's, bo- that's bothered me at times. I found myself going up there kind of pulling that back a little. Yeah, that spitty uh-huh. like 7, 8K or higher. somewhere up it, it's up there it's I'm, I'm thinking maybe even a touch higher just that that thing it's yeah. it's presence on some people it's hiss and noise on others yep yep i can you hear know? that yeah it's always yeah. something well we couldn't get through our 50th episode without talking about some kind of gear no we couldn't but for no, those of you, for those of you listening who really love that mic and have a great experience with it we're not disparaging them as a brand or as a company it's just sometimes you get stuff that is funky and it's like okay how do you Mm -hmm. how do you troubleshoot that how do you unpack what you're hearing because our first thought was gosh something's just getting clipped or compressed too Mm -hmm. hard or whatever and it wasn't any of those things it was actually the source of the microphone i'll tell you what Mm -hmm. though i miss me some uhfr just for the stability yeah well just i feel like it sounded it was warmer to me yeah and the guys that sure that. tell me I'm crazy, I, and I'm like on paper, I'm sure that it's more transparent. But I don't know mm-hmm. something about that UHFR. I just felt like sounded amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I need it's to try. What, the, it's what you knew. I need to try the high end Sennheiser stuff though, because people that have that, like they just sing its praises. Have you used that stuff, any of you guys? The 2000 series, I have. Isn't there one above that? Above the 2000. Uh, is there a five thousand? I think I remember. Well, no. There's a. There's actually. There's a nine thousand. That's the one. Whoa. Which is their digital thingy. And for a while, it was the reason it didn't quite catch on. Catch on. Catch on. Catch on. Is you could only buy it in this monster, like eight unit, right. easy bake oven of a <laughs> thing. You know, it was like there was no. Oh, cool. I'd like two channels. Um, and then they did eventually make that. Yeah, we've used it. I'm not the biggest fan of the Sennheiser stuff. I don't dislike it, but it was just thrust on me so much when I started doing pop music because if you weren't using a 5235, you just weren't using a microphone, it seemed like. Right. So I kind of had this thing, like, but I didn't pick it, but I didn't pick it, you know? And yeah. um, the 9000 is way more open, and I've heard some pretty phenomenal stuff come through it. And they do now have, I forgot what the number of the unit is. It's like a, a two channel deal. But um, I keep. I'm always attracted to the stuff that you can fit. Most things now have a fit for the Sennheiser units too. But like again, I call it the boutique stuff. All the stuff left of center, um, you know, for sure fits the the sure stuff. So right. I right. just keep going to Axiom for that reason. Yeah, yeah. I don't blame you. Yeah, Grace. What is your capsule? I I never do the same thing twice. I'm I'm kind of. You know, if I if I'm working with an artist who's dead set on um, putting Neumann capsules on everything, I'm gonna do that with them. But 
other than that, even like broadcasting every weekend, we're always switching out microphone capsules and trying to see, you know, if this sounds better on that super powerful singer. Or we have somebody that just can't stay on mic if this controls them better. And um, our drawer is just full of stuff. But I'm I'm with you. I've been using Shure so long on the road that. I love that we have RF techs that travel with us so that when I do get on a, a gig that's just all Sennheiser, I can kind of slowly moonwalk out of the room because uh, I'm just used to stepping <laughs> in and working with the, the Shure stuff. And I'm just more confident and comfortable on it is all. Yeah. I My favorite capsule sonically has been the Neumann. The uh, 105 or 205. I don't know what the first number no, 105. is. Mm-hmm. 105. But yeah. the super cardioid version. Kind of sketchy to put in but front of wedges, you know? Exactly. So exactly. if they're on ears, so fine. It, if not, like, please, here's a 58. <laughs> the drum bleed is still pretty gnarly on it, but man, does it sound good. Yeah. And now they yeah. make that adapter that you can put it on a sure stick, but it's still 900 bucks for the capsule. Yeah. Right. So it's hard for me to go like every church, please go buy this. Go buy 10 of them. Right. No. And I'm one of those techs that never owned my own microphone until uh, I think only a couple of years ago, the the front of house guy for Gwen gave me uh, some Earthworks stuff. And I was like, oh, my gosh, at 35 years old, I now own a microphone because I just always, <laughs> I loved going into a warehouse and like a kid in a candy store rolling my road case around. I'm going to try this. I'm going to try that. And I just never wanted to financially invest because I also saw what the musicians did to those microphones on tour. I liked putting it back <laughs> on the drawer and leaving a little sorry note, you know, <laughs> sending it back to the shop. So yeah, I, I got a couple of, uh, couple of mics, but for the most part, I love just trying something new when it comes out. I don't want to be committed to something that's like, okay, well, that's old now and doesn't work. I joke often that if someone were to ask me today to, I've been saying this for a few years now, the most important input on stage, on any stage, uh, is the one place now because of the overexposure to so many different microphones and then inheriting gigs where something was already in place and then having to make something work that I didn't necessarily put there. It is like the vocal is the, now the last place. If they're like, Chris, here's this new act, write an input list, do whatever you want. I would confidently easily answer every single one. And when I got to the vocal, I would, I, it would change 10 times before I sent the list in. I just, I don't even know what I like anymore. In <laughs> in wireless, there's something about once it hits that stick. I don't care how great the technology is. I just I almost not even sure what I like anymore. I have many opinions about many different ones. You okay, know? I just intended. I just tried to put myself in your shoes there. It's tough, right? So like with a new super pop artist, and you're mm-hmm. you never met them. You've probably only talked to management. How do you even feel out if the, mm-hmm. uh, the microphone selection is important to them or if you can speak to them or not, or if there's a, a, a layer of five people. You just have an answer ready for the hundred different scenarios you just sort of spun off in your brain. Yeah. You know, and you land on the, and that's what I'm saying. Like in that situation where I'm like, okay, what's the best? What's the best given the worst scenario? The worst scenario and likely is that they're going to use it like this. With yeah. their thumb over top of it, like <laughs> ha, yeah, right, all of those things are going to happen. 
what if they don't like, what if they want to wander and they can't hear themselves? And what if they're too, you know, and I don't have one that I know if they would just keep their hand off of it, I would have so many more confident answers. Yeah. Like I'd say, use a 58. Here's a SM58. Knock yourself out. Right. You know? But then the second they cup it, and I go, well, that doesn't work anymore. You yep. know? So I, I don't know. There's a lot of good choices out there, but they all, and again, we start when you start leaving the Shores and the ATs and the Sennheisers, those are great, but a lot of them have QC problems or handling problems. There's one Handles. I'm thinking of that's very, very popular high-end microphone that's out there right now that does sound phenomenal, but if you have to gain it too much and they shake it all, it's like a, a baby rattle, Yeah, you know? Hmm. Um, and so it's just, it's tough. I don't, I don't know. It's, it's funny though, that that's a place where I have so much non-committal feelings. Yeah. The you most know? At the very one. front end. Yeah. It's the most important thing, but th that is the answer. It's like, where's their hand going to be on it? Yeah. You know? Do you so, go back and watch YouTube videos of other shows? See if you can see yeah, what they're well, doing. He, well, that's, I have done that before for sure. I'll tell you what's funny is you used to see, if you watch a child, like my daughter is six, if she picks up a microphone, I promise, I usually have another microphone sitting here. Um, she will hold it cupped because that's what a child sees now. Yeah. That's, that's the visual of a performer using a microphone. Hmm. Yeah. Um, you watch the masked singer someone in a costume pretending <laughs> to use a microphone and they're cupping it. And so now that's become how you hold a microphone. So, you know, the, a lot of times the younger performers, you'll watch them, they'll do it. I, I was even with a performer who's a, not even a middle-aged performer. They definitely weren't super young. And I watched them mid-career, like all of a sudden think cupping was cool because they'd seen it. <laughs> and I was like, no, and I just watched her. The vocal just went, you know. My so. younger vocalists now like to smash their face into it. Like they put the mic up their nose. And so I'm constantly having to remind them, like, if I can't walk up and put my at least my finger between you and the microphone. That is a f wonderful problem to have, though, it compared is. to this one. That is it's hard to EQ out nose breathing. It I, well, and it's hard to this. EQ in sound that's not there too, you know? So it's like, I have an artist who, I don't know how I get away with this. I just know them well enough. And I've told them, I'm like, that input, it's like when we get super real, they notoriously are not on mic. And if it gets kind of heated and contentious, and I don't recommend doing this with someone you're not comfortable with, I'm like, that's not, you don't own that source. You have a timeshare with all the other ambient noise that you allow to leak into that thing. You know, mm. and uh, until you own it, until that's you, until 70% of the signal in that mic is yours, yeah. there's only so much I can do with it. You know, again, that's don't do that unless you're comfortable with someone. Boy, but that's um, a really good, that's a really good way to say it, though. Yeah, it is. Yeah, and boy, it's true. It's like, sure, I can put reverb on that thing, but you're part of what's getting reverb. And so are the drums mm -hmm. and the side fills and that amp and it's not yours. Have you, you know? ever had to have the so. talk with a, a boy band member that likes to feed the microphone to the girl screaming in the front row? <laughs> you know what? I wouldn't even go. What am I going to tell him? Don't do that. Right. I just right. let him listen to playback uh, you know, and make his own decision. Yeah. Or they, they hear it in their ears, yeah. you know, how's that, right. how's they that get feel? it too. If, if they're actually singing. Yeah, exactly. If they're, if they're singing, right. If they're singing at all. Right. In my boy band days, I'm kidding. <laughs> That's where you got that velour suit from. Was wardrobe? Yeah, boy it was. It was really a Bollywood. It was a Bollywood. Uh, and the mic band. he's wearing. Huge, 
You did. I stole this mic from Sandstrom. Heck yeah. Well, it's the best way to relax in a wingback chair is to not have to hold a microphone. This is where I rule from. Just wear a headset mic and you can just sit on your throne and rule your domain. Well, if I play clarinet and start walking, it goes with me, you know? You got to show everybody your clarinet. Crowder saw it earlier, but Stan and It's always right here. Oh, it's within reach. Yeah. (laughs) That's calm. Most people would be able to do that on a Zoom call. That's right. He won't play it, though, because he said the reed needs to moisten. Hilarious. Which is uh, the title of my next podcast. (laughs) (laughs) It's the title of my memoir, actually. (laughs) That's awesome. Um, All right, guys. Well, this has been awesome. I mean, thank you guys for sharing our 50th episode with us. We're Maybe some people are still listening by now. I don't know. But if you've stuck with us this long, thank you for those of you who are listening. And Stan, Chris, Jay, Grace... Lee, love you all. And man, we're so glad to be on this journey with you. I'm I'm convinced that 2021 is going to be awesome, but this has been a great way to end 2020. And we're just grateful for all of you. Likewise. Thank you guys. Likewise. You guys. So awesome. All right. Yeah. Well, Merry Christmas, everyone. And we'll, we'll catch you next time. Take all care. Right, see ya.